1: Hey everybody, welcome to another Monday Que golazo, and that means only one thing. Fabrizio Romano joins in the show as we discuss a plenty of transfer contract speculation. The transfer season may be out in the off-season, but Fabrizio never stops, and neither does the news. Que Golazo with Fabrizio Romano begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Que Golazo on this Monday, and Fabrizio Romano, how are you, my friend? How's it going?
2: Hello, my friend. I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you. It's been a fantastic football weekend, let me say, also here in Italy with Serie A. Incredible matches with Roma Derby. It's been incredible between Lazio and Roma, Inter-Atalanta. We enjoyed Italian football this weekend. Not really good also, as always, in, in England, in Spain, in many countries. So really, really happy and looking forward for this Champions League week.
1: Tremendous amount of action this weekend. As you mentioned, I think it's what, 33, 34 around that area. Goals yeah. in Serie A this weekend. So good. And here we are with Fabrizio. And today is a and a So we asked you to send some questions and, of course, some topics that Fabrizio already has his pulse on and we wanted to just touch base so let's go with the first one here a lot of rumors going around that Xavi is to replace Ronald Koeman any truth to that now Fabrizio obviously Barcelona had a very good result this past weekend I'm wondering if that soothed things for Koeman and Laporta but there are rumors Xavi Roberto Martinez what do you have here in the latest with Koeman
2: Yes, it's true. About the question we are receiving, it's true that Xavi is one of the names in the list of Juan Laporta, together with Roberto Martinez. At the moment, I'm told that these are the two names for Barcelona and not Eric Ten Hag, another name on the the list some days ago. Rumours also about Andrea Pirlo, Antonio Conte, not confirmed. The only two names they are thinking of are Xavi Hernandez and Roberto Martinez. Then we have to say that it's nothing official yet because, as you mentioned, uh, Barcelona were winning uh, in the last match and also Ronald Koeman now uh, has an important opportunity in Champions League with Benfica and if they win again, they have the chance maybe to protect the manager and see what happens in the coming weeks. But at the moment, the situation is still with Koeman as the manager. If they decide to fire Koeman in the, couple, in the next couple of days, for sure, Xavi and Roberto Martinez are the two option, options they are thinking of together with the board and the the president, Juan Laporta.
1: And the important thing is that you said that last time we discussed about this, that Laporta, if somebody comes in, it's for the foreseeable future. It's not just an interim yes. manager. It's not just for a few months. It's for the long-term project, correct?
2: Correct. Absolutely. This is what the president wants. It's directly from the president, Juan Laporta. He wants something for the future. He doesn't want another manager just for uh, a few months. And then in June, you have to restart with another technical project with another manager. And Another contract, because we have to remember about the financial situation of this of this Barcelona. So this is why they're looking for a manager that could be something interesting also for the future of the club. And this is why Xavi, of course, legend of Barca, but also manager for the future, is considered one of the perfect names for Barcelona. And same for Roberto Martinez, doing an incredible job with Belgium, also in the past in Premier League. So we're talking about a really good manager. And this is why Barca are not going for a, an emergency solution, but eventually for an important manager.
1: Roberto Martinez, a pretty good pundit for CBS Sports, I hear, as, as well. <laughs> Fabrizio, a very quick question here. Obviously, we know how much in debt Barcelona are, the, fin- the financial issues that they're dealing with. Can they afford to sack Ronald Koeman? Can they do that?
2: This is a problem. Eh? This is a problem. If Ronald Koeman is still on the bench, it's also because of this, and because the financial situation for Barcelona is not helping to sack a manager and then appoint another one. So the situation, as we know, is not easy. They were needing to sell Antoine Griezmann on deadline day, and many other problems, as we know, with Leo Messi and, and many other things in the club. So as of now, they will do it only if they will be 100% convinced of the manager they're going to appoint, and as we mentioned, Xavi or Roberto Martinez, but also if. Kuman will completely lose the situation from his hands. So this is why at the moment the situation is still open and this is why Ronald Kuman is still on Barcelona bench. So I think the Champions League match with Benfica and the next one in La Liga with Atletico Madrid will be absolutely key to understand what's going to happen with the manager.
1: Yeah, absolutely. One final point about this whole thing. I'm wondering, Fabrizio, because Shabby was approached before and Shabby said, no, I want to wait. I want to take my time, etc." Why would he take over now? Is it Laporta's introduction uh, a major thing? Because obviously when he was approached before, it was with Joseph Bartomeu. But now with Laporta under their helm, does that help things for Shabby?
2: Absolutely, yes. Laporta is helping in this in this kind of situation because they know each other and the relationship has always been so good. And also about Xavi, it's a, it's a big opportunity to have Barcelona now in this rebuilding. It's a total rebuilding in Barcelona. So it's a completely different situation from end of an era of, and rebuilding. So this is why I think the feeling is different. But when I've been asking around Xavi, uh, the answer has been, we have not been officially called by Barcelona yet. So Xavi has not accepted or refuses this opportunity at the moment. He's not been officially contacted They know that Barcelona are thinking of him and of Roberto Martinez as managers, but he's not been contacted officially yet. So this is why we need to wait and see what he wants to do. But he doesn't seem to be against this opportunity. So he's open. Let's see what Barcelona will decide.
1: Let's see indeed. And as you mentioned, the Champions League coming up, of course, a massive uh, game for them to see if they can do something after that loss to Bayern Munich. All right, let's move on to the next question here. Thank you, Kyle. Who do Chelsea need to sell and then in turn pursue in the winter transfer window. Are there suitors for Timo Werner?
2: Many clubs interested in Timo Werner, in Bundesliga in particular, many clubs. But at the moment, there is nothing advanced in negotiation with, with Chelsea. And Chelsea at the moment are so quiet. I know that Chelsea fans... I'm thinking of January transfer window, but then to remember that we are in September. So Chelsea are really relaxed. They think they had a great summer on the market because remember they sold many players and they signed Romero Lukaku and they signed Saul Niguez. The only point I think is about the centre back. Uh, so it's not just about selling players. Uh, they don't need absolutely to sell to sell many other players. Uh, many rumors about Hudson Odoi as always because Borussia Dortmund were really interested also in the last week of transfers, but for Thomas Tuchel he was absolutely untouchable. Uh, and they wanted to keep the player. Let's see what happens in January, if they can sell some other player, but the priority will be to look at the situation of the centre-back. But it will depend in December how they will arrive at this point. So how will be the situation of the team in the Champions League group and many other things to see if they want to sign a new centre-back in January Maybe try again for Jules Kunde or not. But the priority has always been Jules Kunde. So, more than a striker or something like this, if they will do something, in my opinion, will be something for the center back. But I'm not sure they will go for a center back in January, maybe next summer.
1: Speaking of center backs, Antonio Rudiger has been a topic of conversation as well. Uh, reports maybe him not renewing his contract. Where would he go? Would he go? Is this an option for Rudiger to leave Chelsea?
2: I'm told that it's still open, this negotiation between Rudiger and Chelsea, and everything is in Chelsea hands. So at the moment, the situation is not decided in, in, in any sense, and this is why Chelsea... They work like this for new contracts. They always go step by step, player by player. And the first one was Andreas Christensen. They have an agreement with Andreas Christensen. The first one was Thiago Silva to extend his contract and they did it. Then Andreas Christensen. Now they are talking with Antonio Rudiger, but everything is in Chelsea hands. It's about the salary because for Rudiger is the last big contract so it's normal that the player wants to think about it, to see what is going to happen. Uh, I remember that uh, we were talking about transfer one year ago for Antonio Rudiger with many clubs interested also from Italy, SC Milan and many other clubs and do you remember that Chelsea were open to sell him? But then Thomas Tuchel jumped into the club, changed the situation. And now Rudiger wants to see an important salary proposal to stay at Chelsea. So it's up to Chelsea, but they're still negotiating. Nothing has been decided yet.
1: Here's one for you. Chelsea Juventus are facing each other in uh, the Champions League this week. Uh, Mathias De Ligt, would he be interested in Chelsea? Would Chelsea be interested in the move for De Ligt? Is that any kind of rumour or report?
2: At the moment, I have nothing on this one. see many rumors on this one, but from player side and Juventus side, they have not received anything. And as I said, I think the priority for Chelsea, if they will go for a centre-back in January, or if not in January, will be next summer. The name as of now is Jules Koundé. If they will change their target, let's see. But uh, at the moment, Jules Koundé is still the first name in the list.
1: Okay, so the Sevilla centre-back is the number one option right now as of late four. Chelsea. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about another question here, another topic. Yeah, this was one from you just commenting, very intrigued in this one. Of course, Man City Pep Guardiola beat Chelsea this past weekend discussing Bernardo Silva, an exceptional player. Obviously, this was a, uh, you know, uh Pep Guardiola's exact quote. If at the end he wants to leave and decide to go, the only thing I can say is that the club that gets Bernardo Silva is going to take one of the best players in the world. It's very interesting comments
2: from Pep. Guardiola. I was surprised to be honest. I was surprised with
1: this one. He's in one way, it's like a backhanded compliment. He's saying he's one of the best players in the world, but he's also talking about the possibility of him leaving. What's the latest on this one?
2: I was really surprised. We are not used to this kind of words from managers. So, but as always, I think it's Pep Guardiola style. To be really honest, because he knows that the player wanted to go in August. He wanted to go. He was desperate to change to try something new. Then football sometimes is really strange. Uh, in in one month, in two months, you can completely change your life in a club. And this is what is happening for Bernardo because they were looking for solutions for Bernardo. Uh, and their plan at the end of the transfer window was: we sell Bernardo and we sign Cristiano. Uh, so they were trying with this. Uh, the first. Target was Harry Kane, of course, but when they lost on Harry Kane, they were trying for Cristiano, and Bernardo was the player who decided to leave the club, so they didn't find a right solution. And he was possibly
1: were... part of. Sorry, he was possibly part of a package for Jack too, right? If the hundred yes. million wasn't going to be part of it, so yes. he was already on the move in one way yes. or another.
2: Yes, 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 he was was one of the players that Manchester City were prepared to sell this summer, uh, during last summer. But at the moment, what I'm told is that they still want big money for Bernardo. They want around 60, 70 million. They're not selling Bernardo for 30 or 35 million or maybe loan with buy option as we saw this summer, some rumors about AC Milan and this kind of things. Impossible. It's about 60, 70 million. So let's see if some club will put this money on the table. It's not easy, but the player is an incredible professional. I think this is the sense of the words of Pep Guardiola saying he wanted to go. Uh, he's still thinking about his future as a person. We have to remember that players are person, are, not, are not like robots or machines. So maybe he wants something different for his personal life one day in the coming months, but he's still performing at top level for Manchester City. And this is the message from Guardiola, and I think it's something important for Man City to see what happens in January. But I think for players like Bernardo, it's difficult to move in January and easier to move maybe next summer.
1: Yeah, a top professional, 27 years old, by the way. So, you know, still plenty to offer here, Bernardo Silva. All right, let's move on to the next one. If there is a next one, I do believe there is. Let's go here. And it's another comment from you here, Fabrizio, about uh, Andre Onana, the Ajax goalkeeper, obviously, who's gone through a few controversial issues. uh, But according, you know, he's a free agent and CEO, Giuseppe Marotta confirms Onana is an interesting goalkeeper for sure. We're monitoring some opportunities, he said, to the zone. Uh, what are the, what's the latest on that one?
2: Inter are really in advanced talks, uh, really, really, advanced for, for Andre Onana. It's uh, not signed yet, but Inter feel that Onana will be their player uh, next season. So 2022, June 2022, uh, because they're planning for a new goalkeeper. Samir Andanovic is at the end of his era. He's been a historical goalkeeper for Inter for many, many years. He's the captain, but... Of course, they need to Think in the future and Andreo Nana is the player that they want they are working to sign him as I said he's not completed yet so with free agent as we know uh, you have to wait till you have the, the contract signed and everything official, co- officially completed to say okay he's our player but Inter are working to complete this deal as soon as possible uh, Andreo Nana is the first target uh, he was speaking a few days ago with the Telegraph in in, in Dutch newspaper and he said uh, maybe I will extend uh, the contract with Ajax for one more season to let them receive some money uh, he's a possibility, but from what I'm told, Inter are really confident to sign him as free agent. So, no new contract with Ajax and Inter contract coming for five years for Andrea Nana. So, negotiation ongoing, let's see what happens. But it's an interesting one for Serie A and interesting goalkeeper because many clubs are interested in him from different countries, from Spain, from England. But Inter are offering him to be the first goalkeeper, and this is something so important for Andrea Nana, who, who will be back in November.
1: Yeah, well, there is controversy. Of course, he's serving a 12 month suspension for doping violations. But if he learns his lesson or whatever, if there's a moving on, then yeah, absolutely. 25 years old, Cameroon International, and absolutely fantastic talent. So whoever gets him, we'll see. All right. Um, I do have a question, though, in regards to Inter Milan, uh, Fabrizio. Do you think that there's going to be more action in the winter for them? Because obviously, they started very well. And Honestly, like not to be patronizing, but surprisingly, because obviously after you move on from Antonio Conte, you think, yes. well, how are they going to manage, etc. Simone Inzaghi has done very well. Obviously, a good, exciting draw against Atalanta. It wasn't a win, but it was a good result. And Inter continue to try and push up the Scudetto. Is there any more action from Inter Milan?
2: They're really focusing on contracts uh, because sometimes you have to remember that important players Inter have contrast situation to be resolved. The first one is Lautaro Martinez. Uh, he's out of country in 2023, so they are working to complete everything in the coming days and the agreement is really close to be signed. So everything will be completed soon with Lautaro Martinez with a new 5 years contract with Inter and they will, delete, they will remove the release clause for 111 million euros. So they will remove this clause and they will sign a new contract with Lautaro Martinez and this is really something key for Inter and for one of the best strikers uh, in this moment in Italy and in Europe, let me say, because many clubs wanted him uh, last summer, Atletico Madrid, Tottenham offering big money, around 70 million plus add-ons for Valtorio Martinez and Inter said no. So they're ready to uh, prepare a new contract for him in the coming few days. Marcelo Brozovic, he's more than a player for Inter. He's really the key player of the midfield for Inter since many, many years. He's a key player for Simonin Zaghi now, too. And the point with Brozovic is he's out of contract in June 2022. So next summer, and they need to fix this situation. They are talking with the player, with his father, to, to resolve the situation of Brozovic. But his contract is key for Inter. It's something they are discussing. And the third name is Ivan Perisic. Same, out of contract in June other key player for Inter, always playing a good level uh, this season too with in Simone Inzaghi, so Perisic, Brozovic, and Lautaro Martinez contracts are the real priorities for Inter.
1: Absolutely fantastic. Speaking of Inzaghi, speaking of managers, uh, uh, from those that are doing well, let's talk about those that are on the hot seat, by the way. We did have another question. Thank you, Ali. If you had to do, this is a fun one for you, Food2. If, if you had to do a top three managerial hot seat rankings, Right, so the ones that are on the hot seat, the ones that are being looked at, uh, oh, they're a little bit in trouble. Who would they be right now? You can go anywhere around Europe and think about managers that perhaps are not doing that well, and the pressure is on. Who's that?
2: For for sure, the first position is for Ronald Kuman as we discussed at Barcelona. So I would go for for Koeman. Talking about top clubs, I would go for kuman in first in first position. Because, as I said, Benfica and Atletico Madrid matches will decide his future with with Barcelona. So in the next two two games, we will know what is going to happen with with Kuman, then it's not so easy with the second second, and third position because you know sometimes I think mm, we have rumors really at early point look at Arteta for example we had people talking about Arteta for weeks and weeks you know in August saying Arteta will be at risk in the coming days uh, and then Arsenal are now performing a great level also in the derby with, with, with Tottenham but in general the feeling is completely different and is doing a good job uh, injuries are creating problem to some clubs. So it happened to Arsenal in August. Now it's the same for Tottenham. They had many players injured, and this is a problem for the manager Nuno. So we have a lot of rumours with Nuno, but at the moment I'm told that the situation is still quite around the manager. So, you know, I think at the moment there is nothing really complicated around around top clubs. Talking about top European clubs apart part of the situation of Ronald Kuman. I don't see something big happening. Also here in Italy, Allegri had some rumours because Juventus' start was not good uh, in, in Serie A, but I'm told that Allegri is untouchable for Juventus as of now. So I think now it's a bit relaxed in the situation and I will keep an eye only on Ronald Kuman talking about top clubs, of course.
1: Well, I do have two for you, and I'm one I'm sure you don't have much there. But one is Olegano Solskjaer. I'm wondering what, what folks are thinking about that. I know that he recently signed a contract this year as well. Yes. But there is uh, a lot of uh, well, Manchester United fans are fuming because the greatest team in the history of the globe beat them this past weekend, won <laughs> nothing. But the other one as well is Marcelo Bielsa. Now, I'm I'm not saying that, you know, it's 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 a you know it's a situation that's really escalating, but Leeds United have not won a game yet. And and it is looking tough. Any of those two? Anything with those two in particular?
2: No, at the moment with Bielsa, you know, when you have Marcelo Bielsa, you have to protect him to give him his time. I think it's absolutely normal. Mm-hmm. So as you say, the start was not at Leeds level, also because last season they were so good, so people were expecting something different from Leeds. Mm-hmm. But as of now, I'm I'm told that they are still protecting the manager. Bautole, new contract in the summer, completely new team because signing Varane, Sancho, Ronaldo are completely changing Manchester United. So from the board, they are still supporting Ole. They want him to, to have his time, to change the situation in Champions League group, to be back at top level also in Premier League. So it will need some time, but I'm sure that they are still protecting the manager as of now. Then it's normal. If results will continue like this, let's see what happens maybe in November, in December. But as of now, if Ole will be winning the group in the Champions League, and then in the Premier League between the first, second, third position, club are completely within.
1: Yeah, I'm beginning to think that the international break for good or bad is so important because, you know, Arteta after the international break doing so well, but then this one coming around in October. So there you have it. Well, Fabrizio. Romano, it's such a pleasure as always. Make sure that you follow him on Twitter, on Instagram, on CBS Sports as well. Calcio Cappuccino as well, part of our Serie A coverage. Fabrizio, is there anything, as I always ask you at the very end, anything that you're keeping your eye on this week as we continue to look at the offseason and the transfer window?
2: I will keep an eye, to be honest, on some other contract updates. As I said last week, uh, with some other player, Axel Witzel for Borussia Dortmund. He was close to join Juventus in the final week of the transfer window, and now Borussia Dortmund will decide in the coming weeks if offering him a new a new deal. So there are many things to discuss on these points with with new contracts, and then on on big talents. Uh, let me talk about some, some few seconds about Florian Wirtz because I think we will have. A lot of talks together on Kegolazo and the CBS Sports in the coming years about this boy uh, born in 2003 doing an incredible job I and mean, he's really impressive with, with, with Bayer Leverkusen. Many rumors about Bayer Munich planning to sign him in the summer, but what I'm told is that Bayer Leverkusen had no plan to sell this boy uh, during 2022 summer. Maybe let's see in 2023 what happens, but this is one for the future. He's scoring goals, providing us this incredible professional. So Florian Beers is one of the names we will see, I think, for many, many years in our transfer talks.
1: 18-year-old star, Leverkusen, such a good club when it comes to player development. And he's just one of them. And Fabrizio Romano is one of us. And thank you so much, Fabrizio. Make sure that you have a fantastic week. And grazie, brother.
2: Thank you. Thank you, as always. See you soon here on Kegolazo as always, on CBS Sports, Paramount Plus, and on our coverage. Thank you, as always.